How many in the building? How many in the building will say it with confidence? With confidence. I'll still bless you. I'll still bless you. That is a major, major, that is a major statement that not only are you proclaiming to God, I'll still bless you, but it is a let it be known to the enemy that despite whatever it is that you've Whatever it is that you're throwing at me, whatever it is that you've thrown at me, I'm still going to bless him. Is it anybody that knows what I'm... If I got to bless him with a broken heart, I'm still going to bless him. If I got to bless him while I'm in divorce court, I'm still going to bless him. If, I'm, if I got to bless him in the sick room while I'm watching my baby expire, I'm still, I'm still going to bless him. Is it anybody in the building today that says, I, I'm still going to bless you? <laughs> I might not even understand it all. I might not, I might feel like I can't find you nowhere in the midst of all of this pain and all of this madness, but but I'm still going, I'm still going to bless you. With sickness, with sickness riddling my body, I'm still, I'm still going to bless you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Not only are you proclaiming to the Lord, not only are you proclaiming to the Lord, you're putting the enemy on notice. I'm still, I'm still going to bless you. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about today? I'm, I'm still going to bless you. Naked and no longer ashamed, I'm, I'm still going to bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just, I just need the, the blessers in here to sing that with them right there. Right there. I still if you're a blessor for real, will you just declare it into the atmosphere? If you bless God for real, will you declare it? I dare you, I dare you declare it right now. I dare you declare it right now. Despite what's going on, despite what's coming against you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to declare it right now. I still all over the building, all over the building, let it be known, I still, I still, I still, I still bless you, hallelujah, hey, hallelujah, sometimes we wonder, Sometimes you wonder, how can you bless the ultimate blessor? How do you bless the ultimate blessor? God is the ultimate blessor. How, how do you bless the ultimate blessor? You bless him with, you bless him with your worship. You bless him with your worship. I ain't talking about how pretty you sing. I ain't talking about if you speak in tongues. I, I ain't talking about you running around the building. I'm talking about your lifestyle. You bless him with your worship. Worship, old English word that actually means worth-ship. Oh, Lord. So what I'm saying when I say I bless you, what I'm saying when I say I worship you, what I'm saying is I know your worth in my life. You have a worth in 
my life and I, and I bless you and I bless you with my lifestyle. So how my lifestyle operates is the level that I bless your name. Y'all don't hear me up in here. Do I got any blessors in the building today? I ain't talking about because he done something for you, but on the strength that it woke you up, on the strength that you're in your right mind, it ain't even got to be going my way. Nothing really changed, but I'm still going to bless Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I put my faith in Jesus. <laughs> Lord knows. Lord knows I put my, my faith in so many different things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't put my faith in my job. I don't put my faith in my money. I don't put my faith in people. Mess around and put my faith in my own self. Lord knows that was crazy. But if I can put my faith in man, if I can put my faith in some things, if I can put my faith in a job, then I know, I know I can put my faith in God. So it don't make no never mind. It don't make no never mind what it is that's coming up against me. How strong it seems. How big it seems. I'm still going to put my faith in God. Woo. Sometimes you got to conquer down on that. Sometimes you're called to double down on that. See, it's real easy to say, oh, I got faith in God. But when the storms come, when the trials come, when the hell comes, when the tribulations come, and you got to dig down deep in that thing and say, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you just had to hold on. You didn't have nobody to hold on. You just had to hold yourself. Put my faith in Jesus. Don't make no never mind. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Anybody know what I'm saying? I put my faith in Jesus. All over the building. I put my faith in Jesus. Come on. I put my faith separate me from the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will never let me down. What about this? He's never let me down. Anybody in the room can declare it today? He's never let me down. I didn't think I'd be able to overcome it, but there were some times when I thought it was over, but there's some times that I almost gave up myself. Anybody in the building can declare it today. I dare you just wave your hand. He's never, he's never. Come on. I dare you declare it today. I dare. 
declare it today. He's never let you down. Hey, I dare you declare it up there. He's never. Do you know what type of confidence you can have with that? Do you know how you can face your storms with that? Lord, have mercy. <laughs> That's the war call. That's the new war call. When hell is coming up against you and you can't find nobody to have your back, there will be no more breaking down. There will be no more giving up. You will look hell in the eye and say, I put my faith in Jesus. And I shall not be moved. He'll never let you down. He'll never let you down. In fact, he's never let you down. Lord knows they came to eat up your flesh. But the Bible says they stumbled and fell because he's never let me down. Not in the midst of the pandemic. Where, where the enemy is spewing racism all over the place. He's never let me down. He has never. I dare you just go ahead and touch your chest. He's never let me down. Come on, tell yourself that. He's never let me. In the midst of my madness, he's never. Because everything wasn't a struggle. Some was just a consequence. And he still let me I'm trying to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord knows I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to move on. But the old saints used to say, when I look back over my life, is it anybody in the building today that if you were to look back over your life, it just brings tears down your eyes? Because this perfect Jesus, he kept you in the mist. He kept you in the valley. He kept you in the desert. He kept you in the dry places. He kept you when you had the legal right to have lost your mind. And I'm going to tell you something. On the strength that he kept me at my worst times, I'm going to bless him. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Hey. Sometimes we sometimes we get in such a rush. Yeah. It's the way you bless him. Do you bless him as big as you begged him? Do you bless him as much as you begged him? Can I ask that again? Do you bless him as much as you begged him? Do you bless him as much as you begged him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, hey. In the midst of the pandemic, I'm going to bless you. I have seen more signs, miracles, and wonders at a time when they said that the church was going to die. At a time when they said that the church surely won't make it. 
You understand what I'm saying to you? In the time when they said that we were sure that we were going to fold at the hands of this. But I can stand here and decree and declare that I have seen signs, miracles, and wonders. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, God. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Father, we bless you today. All over the building, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Say, Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We bless God for everything that has went forth here today at the Unity Worship Center. And if this is your first time here or you're a visitor, we welcome you. We welcome you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We bless God that you have come out to fellowship with us today. And we pray that we see you again. We pray that your experience here today will be a blessing to your life. Amen. I truly believe, I truly believe that any time that you walk into the house of the Lord and you leave the house of the Lord unblessed, we have missed the mark. Amen. Anybody hear me when I say today? If we walk into the house of the Lord and you leave out unblessed, we have missed the mark. Amen. Amen. One more time. Just one more hand clap for him. Just one more. Just one more. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. They told me hallelujah was the highest praise. Hallelujah. We're going to get ahead and just jump on into the Word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We bless God for, again, everything that's went forth. Amen. Praise Him. Our beautiful babies at Children's Church. Children's Church is now open. Children's Church is now open. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap for these babies. Amen. Amen. Come on, next. Come on. Come on, next. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. X says I do things differently. Amen. <laughs> the nursery is open as well. Amen. We bless God that the nursery is open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Excited to be in his presence. Amen. Excited to be in the house of the Lord today. Whew. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Children's Church and our nursery is now open. Amen. Let's get the babies where the babies go so we can get down to business. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the, for around the, <clears throat> around the last month and a half, we have been dealing with the sermon series entitled Intentional. And for the most part, for the most part, uh, this sermon series has been focused on the lifestyle of the Apostle Paul, who was once, as it says in the Bible, a violent persecutor of the church. In that time, he was widely known as Saul of Tarsus. It was in those times that Saul was an absolute beast. 
a beast to the point to when God would give a trusted follower an assignment, that trusted follower who knew God to be God, who knew Jesus to be Jesus, questioned him. Are you sure, Lord? I have heard many, many things about this man. He has the, he has the right to, to lock us up and do whatever it is that he desires to do to us. And, and you want me to go to that joker and, and lay hands on him. And, and God was very intentional and he lets us know in his plan, he lets us know in his plan that there is many things that Saul must suffer for my name's sake. That's important to know because some of us have signed up for Christianity thinking that there wasn't going to be any warfare. Some of us have been duped, played, lied to when we signed up to believe that now that I'm in Jesus, everything is going to be everything. And it has been to many of our surprise when hell begins to knock on our door harder than it's ever knocked before. It's to our surprise when calamity and tragedies hit us like they have never hit us before. And we are surprised simply because when we signed up, we were told now everything is going to be okay. Can I go ahead and tell you this? There is very little that is pretty <laughs> concerning the things of God. Grace. We look at the word grace and we, we've been taught that grace is such a good word. It's such a beautiful word. It's, it's such a blessing word. But ain't nothing pretty about grace. Grace is a war tactic. Mercy. We cling to mercy because mercy simply means you're not getting what you deserve. 20 of you should have shouted as soon as that came out my mouth. You didn't get what you deserve. And then we cling to mercy not because we understand the power of mercy. We cling to mercy because in our minds, in our carnal, uh, infinite minds, we begin to understand that mercy means I, I, I slid through. But mercy, may I suggest, mercy is a war tactic. Let me take it a little deeper and blow your mind one time. Love. <laughs> love. You cling to the word love because we, we use the word love in so many different instances and fashions. And, and love, we, we use it in such an intimate way oftentimes. And when we're talking about our, our husbands and our wives, our, our bays and our booze and, and, and my friend. You know, today we got, we got friends. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't seen that anywhere in the word, but, but it's out there. We got, we got friends today. And, 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 and we associate the word love with all of these things. Or we associate love with, I love my brother and I love my sister and I love. But can I go ahead and tell you that love is not that, that red heart that you get, you know, with the box of chocolates on the inside. It, it, that's not love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I tell you love? Is it that, that lie that they tell you about Resurrection Sunday, though they call it Easter, about a bunny rabbit that hops around? You understand that if you knew really about what the bunny rabbit symbolized, you wouldn't be so quick to give your children. Love is not in a, in a small box, heart-shaped 
red heart shaped. Love is a, what is love? A war tactic. See, when it is that I know you can't stand me, when it is that I know you're one of my greatest haters, when it is I know that if you could have your way, you'd be done with me, you'd get rid of me, but I can love you none the same. In fact, Jesus said, if you love those that love you, what's that? If you love those that you know love you, what, what, what you doing? What's so impressive about loving somebody that loves you? But when you can love somebody that you know can't stand you, <laughs> can, I, can I go ahead and suggest that it has been love a uh, many a day love has chilled out war it's been a uh, many a day that love has stopped a whole lot of foolish beef from going forth it has been love that has made people second guess their next move because love confuses love confuses the enemy praise that's another one we See, we've been taught, we've been taught uh, uh, so wrongly about these words. We've been taught, praise means, man, we was in there getting it for God. The spirit was high. CJ was bawling. I'm talking about it. it was off the hook. They were singing. They were singing like crazy, and you think that's praise. Can I tell you that praise is a war tactic? When you, when it is that hell and high water is surrounding you and it feels like you have no wind, when it feels like you are going down for the count, when it feels like the best thing you can do is concede, submit, give in, throw in the towel, but you have found on the inside of you somehow, some way, a way to worship God, a way to praise his name, a way to bless him, a way to give him the glory. It's in the middle of that that God begins to see that you're for real. Woo! Praise, praise is a war tactic. Worship is a war tactic. It was a war tactic in the book of Daniel. When Daniel told him, you eat what you're going to eat. You have a meat what you'll have a meat. And we'll eat what we know to eat. Come back, holler at your boy in 10 days. Look at what we look like. See how much stronger we are. See how much more fit we are. See how we got that thing going on. Praise and worship is a war tactic. Can I tell you obedience? Somebody better make some noise up in here because he said obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. Obedience is a war tactic. Can I talk to the single people in here for a minute? Just for a minute, I promise. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't stay on your street long. When single people begin to understand that obedience is a war tactic. What you mean, Pastor? You're gonna have to explain that. When 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 I know what the world is doing, when I know how the world gets down. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-oh. But, 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 but something on the inside, I've learned that obedience is better than sacrifice. Can I just go ahead and tell the single people in here? It will be your obedience that gets your wife. It will be your obedience that gets your husband. You understand, but what do you mean, Pastor? Because when you can look that joker dead in the eye and say, if you want all of this, all of this, then you're going to have to say, we're going to say no until the time is right. Until we do what we're supposed to do before the Lord. You ain't touching all, come on, all of this. All, you understand what I'm saying? Obedience is a war tactic that will bring you your greatest gift. <laughs> oh, 
Hallelujah. We bless God. Excited to be in the house today. Amen. And we got some giants in the house with us too. Amen. Amen. We got Bishop Kennedy in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Reed is in the house. I, I, I see some other giants. I can't, I can't, these masks is throwing me off. I, if I don't say your name, I'm sorry, charge it to the mask and not my heart. Amen. I want to get to this. I want you to understand this. With warrants in his hands and a plan to lock up everyone he finds worshiping Jesus, the Bible tells us that a light suddenly shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Notice I said, he said, the voice said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Immediately Saul asked, who are you, Lord? Now, while putting this together this morning, and, 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 and this question began to deal with me a little bit, the question that he asked when he said, who are you, Lord? Uh, and, and, and the reason it caught my attention, as it did, was because I, I began to imagine what was on Saul's mind at that very moment. Right. I want you to vision this with your Holy Ghost-filled mind, a man of great respect where he comes from. And all of a sudden, he wasn't walking weak on the way. He was walking, thank you, he was walking with intention. He was walking with a graveness, with a seriousness about himself. And he is Saul of Tarshish. I mean, Saul is bawling in the earth realm. He's got it going on for such a young man. And then all of a sudden, I want you to picture this, He's bawling, and then a light shines down from heaven, and he hits the ground. And not only does he hit the ground, he can't see. Not only does he hit the ground, he can't see. Oh, Lord. Who are you, Lord? Could you imagine him bumbling around all over the ground trying to feel? He feels the boots of his and the sandals of his partners that came with him. But he's, he's reaching for glasses and he don't even wear them. <laughs> he's, he's trying to get an understanding of what's going on. Who, who are you, Lord? And the reason it caught my attention, because you know how us humans do. In a situation like this, this very thing would be mind-blowing. And immediately, we would be trying to put it all together. Saul in this moment is trying to put it all together. This light shone down. I hit the ground. Oh, he, he didn't duck. He was put down. Y'all don't hear me up in here. He didn't duck. He was put down. Watch this. And he lost sight. And if you remember last week, I told you, sometimes Paul had, Saul had to lose his eyesight so that he could gain insight. Please understand me and understand me, please. He's bumbling around. And the, and, and the phrase we use, like an idiot. Trying to hold what pride he can 
intact. Remember when Mike Tyson was fighting Buster Douglas? Help me, Holy Ghost. And, 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 and there was no way that Iron Mike was going to lose that fight. He walked up in Tokyo. He got things on his mind. Robin done upset him. You, you know, uh, Don King is tripping. Everybody's on his bad side. I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to go home and I'm going to deal with this. And something happens to the baddest man on the planet. That's what they called him, wasn't it? He was the baddest man on the planet, and he gets hit like he's never been hit before. And what was amazing to me, when Tyson gets hit, is his mouthpiece comes out, and instead of getting up, he's so disoriented, he's so discombobulated that he's feeling around for his mouthpiece. He knows he's trained to know you got to get up before eight. And he's feeling around, and he's trying to hold on to his pride. And he's still saying, what in the world hit me? Could you imagine Saul that day, blind, Lord have mercy, persecuting you? I say, me persecuting me? Who is me? Who is you? The only people that I'm persecuting in here is, this, is these people who's worshiping, these people who's worshiping Jesus, these, these people who who have been turning the world upside down. What do you mean persecuting me? Persecuting me. No. No, surely, surely it can't be. Who, who are you? Lord, At that very moment, you know that Saul is totally discombobulated, to say the least. This, this can't be. I know this better not be. One day, my dad and I were going over scripture in the book of Job. And if my father had a religion, he, 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 he believes in uh, a Jehovah's Witness. And we were going, we were at my grandmother's table, may she rest in peace and God be happy with her. And we were going over scripture about in the book of Job and I showed him why something that he said couldn't be true. And you remember what he said? He said, I'm going to show, have a talk with the ones who taught me this. It can't be persecuting me. Who? I don't even know why I'm going here, but who? Just who are you? Comma. Lord. Put the scripture up, Shauna. Who are you, comma, Selah? I can't believe I'm getting ready to ask this. I can't believe this might be who I think it might be. Who are you, Lord? At that very moment, he's discombobulated. And the response he gets, the answer he hears the name that drifts aggressively into his earlobes, which shifts Saul's mindset into a thousand different thoughts. Who are you, Lord? It is I, Jesus. It is I. You can imagine Jesus just said, Jesus. Let that settle. As, 
as that, as that name walked into the hearing of Saul, he had to be more than blown away. Let me ask you something. Uh, have you ever felt a way, a, a certain way about someone for a long time? And, and there's folk who have tried to tell you, uh, uh, who have tried to tell you, tried to warn you about them, but you still wouldn't listen. And then one day, you find out the truth about that person. And you have been in relationship with that someone uh, uh, that everyone has been trying to warn you about. And you chalk it up as, they just hating. Or, or are they jealous? They just don't want to see me happy. And, 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 you, had, and, and, and you, had to, you had grown to love that person. And you had grown to trust that person. See, because I've learned we do things backwards when we operate in the natural. We love first, trust later. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we give up the goods first, believe you're going to pay later. Oh, God. That's why we got so many milkless saints running around here. Milkless saints that still got the cow. Oh, did I just say something in here? Milkless saints, you'll catch it on the way home, that still got the cow. You done looked out for that person? Can, can I tell you something? That when the Bible says in James chapter 1, that when God comes into your life, he adds to your life. When God sends you somebody, you ain't got to build them up. This is not a Lego set. You understand what I'm saying to you? When God loves you so much that when he sends you someone, he sends you just what you need. They don't have to be put together. Lord, have mercy. You don't have to look out for this person. You don't shared parts of yourself with this person that you've never shared with anyone else. And then one day you find out in one of the worst ways that everything people were trying to tell you about that person was true. Here's my question. How did you feel? When you knew, you just knew this was the one. When you knew, you just knew this one would never do me wrong. When you knew, you just knew we going to be together forever. Any, anybody ever been there before? Tell the truth and shame the devil. Now imagine Saul, because this is on a whole deeper level. I want you to understand something about Saul of Tarshish. He really thought he was right in his actions against Jesus' people. See, we don't tell that because we want you just to, see, see, see we, teach, we teach wrong without teaching at all. He, he, he really wasn't, he, you know, God had use of him because God said, if, if, when I flip you, that same tenacity that you had against me, you're going to use that tenacity for me. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, 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 if, you can, and if you can do that and make them scatter, oh God, if, you, if, if, if the way that you are can make them run like you made them run, then if, you, if I get you on my side, the way you'll be will make them come like never before. Lord, have mercy. He thought he was right in his actions against Jesus' people, and he really thought that the believers of Christ, of Jesus, was really just being disrespectful about the things of God. Imagine all your life, imagine this, you've been taught a certain way about God, and, and, and then everything else was wrong, and on the strength of what you believe and have believed all your life, you become an enemy to the people who believe opposite of you. Can I just go ahead and make that a little more plain? 
How many of you in here grew up, went to Sunday school, had that, had that, that, uh, uh, that, that, that word that said over your household, it said, even if I don't go, you going? Uh-huh. Even if I don't go to church, you going? You understand what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and you went to Sunday school, you went to vacation Bible school, you, and, and, but watch this, and then, and then when, when mama and, oh, because I'm going to go ahead and say something real deep here. When, when mama and daddy went to church with you, and, 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 grand, and grandmama, and, and nana, and, and uncle, and auntie, and all of, and everybody in the church acted a certain way in church. But when they got home, we, we went from holy, holy, holy to, um, Two first letters, drop the last two. That's you. Come on, figure it out. We, we went from that. We went from holy to. <laughs> All right. All right. Then when you got grown enough to actually read the Bible and begin to understand the Bible, begin to, get, begin to get revelation from God, you was upset because you found out that you could not do that and still make it in. You found out that once saved, always saved was only true if the one time you got saved, you were saved for real. <laughs> and you found out, you found out, you found out. You, you've been thinking all your life just because you was learning from examples. You can't two-step Saturday night and two-step yourself into church Sunday morning. You can do it, but you ain't playing nobody but yourself. Some of y'all need to get better poker faces in the building. Hey, man, you understand what I'm saying to you? You can't, you couldn't, when you found out, you couldn't do what you wanted to do. And still say, you're his. How did that make you feel? How did it make you feel when, when you watched the majority of your family play games with God and you didn't realize it until you were old enough to see it for real and now you know how and you know how, and you and you wonder sometimes am I just tripping am I being am I being too self-righteous am I being judgmental but the Bible says he that is spiritual judges all things it means and it doesn't mean that you got a heaven or a hell to put somebody in because you don't but what it does mean is that I can look at this book look how you woke listen to what you tell me put it against what this book say and if how you woke ain't how this book say then Houston we've got a problem you, you, you know that you, that you got the wrong information growing up when, 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 when you now, the, now who you are so deeply in Christ for real aggravates the people who used to take you to church. <laughs> All of a sudden, they don't want to talk about God no more. My, my wife's uncle slash dad, awesome man, he was told my daughter one time, around Christmas said, 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 now you, you remember now, Jesus is the reason for the season. And my, my daughter was, I think she was five, four or five. She said, this is how we teach them kids up in children's church. She said, uh, she was four, she was four. She said, uh, not really, he ain't. He's the reason for every season. And, and, and to be an uncle, to be an honest uncle, he, he, this really ain't his birthday. Sure it is. You know, he tried to get that little authority in his voice. His voice. Sure it is. Because he really ain't got nowhere to go after sure it is. That's got to work. You ever do that with kids? You, you put down that voice, and if that don't work, you stuck. 
And he said, sure it is. And she said, no, no, it, it couldn't be. Because for real, he, he, was, he was born really more so closer to the summer. So ain't no way in the world. That's what she said too, four. Ain't, ain't no way in the world he could have born, been born around Christmas. And he said, just take his gift, girl. He won't talk about it no more. See, 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 see you, 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 you got to know stuff like that, though. Because guess what? The people who don't believe, they know stuff like that. And when they're using, and when they're using, and when they're trying to bash Christianity, and they're trying to bash you for being a part of Christianity, they use facts like that. And it don't make them no more right. But it does make you step back. Oh, God. Let me, let me finish this. We got, we got to get How would you be if you, you have hurt some people? Historical theologians, some say, some historical theologians say, killed some people. And in and, 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 and Acts chapter 7, we know that he had at least, Saul had at least encouraged and approved of Stephen, who was a believer of Jesus being killed. Imagine that thousands of people, Lord have mercy, have tried to uproot from the home, had to uproot from their homes because you caused this and uproot from the country because you called this and, and, and had the audacity just because they had the audacity not to believe as you believed. Imagine you had literally tore people's lives apart because they didn't agree with you. Imagine that, all of that, and all of a sudden, a light shines down from heaven and you are told by the very person you know I'm talking about you know is supposed to be dead that you have been off about it all. Imagine that. How are you feeling at that very moment? But here's what I really want you to see. In this famous confrontation of Jesus and Saul, Saul at that very moment finding out that it's, uh, finding out that not just him but everyone he has been connected to have it wrong. Imagine having to deal with, with that, especially since Saul had put so much confidence in the people who had raised him and taught him and supported him. And now he finds out that they were all, every last one of them was wrong. Here, here's what blew my mind this morning. And I don't know uh, how, how I missed this for so many years, but watch this. In the most life-changing moment of Saul's entire life, he has two questions. I'm almost done. He has two questions. Lord have mercy. Verse number five, he asks his first question. Who are you, Lord? See, see, you get the feeling that he, done, he knew something about this and what he knew just might trip him out. And, and you know this because of the word me. And the first question that Jesus asked Paul, I mean that Jesus responded to, and look at verse number four, Jesus asked why, in the first, I'm sorry, in the first question that Jesus asked, he said, why are you persecuting me? Paul is messed up, he's blind, he's spooked, he's confused, he's embarrassed, and he's tripping. Nah, 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 I know this isn't hold up, man. This cannot be. You, 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 know, you, know, uh, you know, Saul was a mess at that moment. He was wrecked. I mean, he was tore up at that moment because Jesus had to call him twice. 
You know he was discombobulated because Jesus had, see, I thought I was being bipolar when I said, when I said, Saul, Saul. No, that's how Jesus had to call him. You see, you see, uh, because he said, Saul, and Saul's discombobulated. He's trying to pick, pick himself up. I can't see. And Saul, Saul. Yes, Lord. Who are you? You ever had to shake somebody? Because they're kind of, they done, they done lost it. Get up, Kevin. You know I was going to come to you. <laughs> Kevin is feeling around, Kevin. Kevin is feeling around. Something's crazy. Kevin. Kevin. You know how you used to shake your kids? Are you listening? Are, are you listening? Are you listening to me? You can see. You, that's how I Saul. Saul. Saul, comma. This fool. Saul. Got his attention. Why are you persecuting me? Saul is on the ground blind thinking, me. Who is me? Who are you, Lord? That's the first question he gets. That's the first question that he gets an answer to. Here's the answer. It is I, Jesus. And then Jesus makes the statement. He makes the statement that we all might want to catch. Jesus says, now watch this, because this is important. Jesus says, is it hard for you to kick against? It is, he said, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Let's talk about that just for a second. Apparently, to kick against the goads was a common expression found in both Greek and Latin literature. A rural image which rose from the practice of farmers goading their oxen in the fields. Though unfamiliar to us, everyone in that day uh, understood its meaning. Goals were typically made from these slender pieces of timber, and they were blunt on one side, but they were pointed, very, very pointed on the other. And, and farmers used the pointed edge to urge or, or, or to encourage the stubborn ox uh, uh, to get into motion. Occasionally, occasionally, the beast would kick at the gold. You understand? And the more that the ox kicked, the more likely the gold would stab into the flesh of its leg, causing greater pain. Hmm. Saul's conversion could appear to us to have just happened suddenly. There was a sudden encounter with Christ. Uh -uh. But based on the Lord's expression regarding the kicking back of his kicking back, you, you understand? I've come to the conclusion that he had been working on Saul for years, prodding and goading him. I believe the words, I believe the words and works of Jesus haunted the zealous Pharisee. Remember when he, in the Acts chapter 7, when he watched uh, Stephen be killed on the strength? Stephen was the first martyr for Jesus Christ. And could you imagine what Saul had to be thinking? They said everybody that was killing Stephen, they laid their jackets at his feet. And, 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 and here it is, Stephen, Stephen rather, Stephen has the, the he, he has the opportunity to run. He could, he could have bowed out. He could have just shut up and not been put in that position. But as he's being stoned to death, Stephen said, says, take my spirit and forgive them for what they do. Could you imagine walking home later on thinking about somebody that had so much faith in someone that while they were being stoned, they forgave, they forgave the stoners. And not only did they forgive them, they asked the Lord to forgive him. Could you imagine the walk home? In the world, why wouldn't he just, why would he say that? Why would he, why would he ask God to look out for them? And 
It was something that never left Saul's mind. Imagine Saul, uh, whose name goes on to be Paul, which means small, suggesting that he could have been shorter than average, standing on his tippy toes, straining to watch Jesus, all the while grudgingly wondering, how is it that this false prophet could be gaining so much popularity, this nonsense he has to be of Satan. If you, if you remember the scriptures, they love, the Pharisees love to call, to say that he was down with Satan. <laughs> Nevertheless, Jesus' ministry stuck in Saul's, how is he gaining such ground so quickly? The more it goaded him, the more he resisted God's proddings. Once, once you've seriously in, encountered Jesus, as Saul did, there is no escaping him. His words and works will follow you deep within your conscience. And, and some of you are sitting here today, watch this, and, and, and watching uh, via uh, social media. And though you are here and watching, you have yet to step all the way over. You, you have yet to get and be about this life for real. And, and all of you, uh, and, and all of your feel-good senses, which is your flesh, has been at constant war since the first day you began to give serious thought about getting serious about Jesus. See, see, many of you have been in church for years, but some of you are just now giving serious thought to being about Jesus for real. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and every time you try to give it thought, <coughs> you stick yourself. Your flesh causes you to back up. And when you back up, you get stuck. And that flesh, oh, y'all missed that. You get you get stuck. Let me, let me ask you, can I, can I just make my point and go on? You, you ever hear one of these sermons or better yet read something uh, out, of the word, uh, out of the word of God and, and it's talking about, I'll read off these screens uh, to, you know, when we read it together uh, and it's telling us something that we shouldn't be doing, something we should give up, something that we need to walk away from and then you leave and though you know what you read and what you learned was the right thing, uh, that issue arises and, and you know what you're supposed to do but instead you do you. I, I gotta, is anybody real enough to admit that happens from time to time? You done saw it on the screens. We done talked about it for 45 minutes. You get out of here. It pops up in your life, and you do what you know you ain't supposed to do. I got a question for you. How'd that work for you? You, you might have gained pleasure for the moment, but not long after you found yourself stuck. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We, we see from the Apostle Paul a question. I want you to get this. We see from the Apostle Paul a question and acceptance and then another question. Y'all ready? And we're out. A question and acceptance. A question. The fourth thing you see is a mindset to be intentional about the things of God. Here we go. The first question is, who are you, Lord? He gets the answer. It is I, Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Then you see acceptance. And then let me show you. In verse number five, who are you, Lord? And he's saying Lord because he's saying whoever you tell me you are, because everything that you have made to happen lets me know you're the real thing. So whoever you say you are, you are also my Lord. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus answers it in the same verse, but in verse number six, we see acceptance. Okay? Verse number six. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord. There's the acceptance. Not only is it acceptance, it's also surrender. Who are you, Lord? Whoever you say that you are, you are now my Lord. Six, verse number six, Jesus comes back. I mean, in verse number five, in the same verse, Jesus says, it's me, it's Jesus. I is he, I, I am the I am. And Paul, or Saul then, trembling and full of, and, and astonished, said, Lord. In other words, I accept who you say you are. And not only do I accept it, I surrender to it. So trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, watch this. Here's the second question. What do you want me to do? I was on my way to shut everything about you down. But you have proved yourself. You have proven who you are even in my life. What do you want me to do? You see the surrender in that? What do you, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. The acceptance comes in six. Saul is trembling and astonished. Now I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I was... How many of you were spooked when you realized it was really him? But I, I didn't go in this order. For me, I, I was spooked, but I wasn't astonished until after I realized he loved me. Oh, God. You, I, I was spooked. I was tripping because, see, I know all I had said as a Muslim. See, because I was a Muslim for, for 19 years. I was a Muslim before I ever went to prison. That's important to know because I don't want you to think, oh, he, went, he, he just follows the trans. No, I was Muslim speaking Arabic before I went to penitentiary. You understand what I'm saying to you? So I'm this Muslim, and so you know, and I am dogging Jesus. I am dogging Christianity. Every chance I get, I got something crazy to say about the Messiah. And now I done found out sitting in the hole of a, of a Louisville jail that Jesus this is real <gasps> and everything is flying through my head you remember when you said this you remember when you said that you remember when you put it about the car you remember the, you remember y'all yeah, the worst kind of people in the world you, you, you remember all of that spooked but I wasn't astonished until he said but I love you anyway Is there anybody in the building that was astonished to find out that after all you had done, after all you had said, and, and probably y'all was already in church way before me, and all that you done, all that you said, you, you know, and, and you found out that after all of that, he loved you anyway. He, and not only did he love you, but he still had a work for you. I got family that don't love me still, 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 still yet to forgive me. But this Jesus says, I saw everything you done. I heard how you disrespected me and believed in other gods, but I still love you. I forgive you. And I got work for you to do. 
I, I, I don't mean to meddle, and I promise I don't mean to pry, but, but is it anyone real enough to, to tell the truth today and go ahead and admit? It still blows my mind. It, it still trips me out. I still end up shedding tears sometimes when I think about all that I've done, and he still loves me anyway. Saul asked the second question. I'm almost done. We see it in verse number six. We see the acceptance in the second question and the surrender. So he trembling and astonished, Lord, there's that acceptance, Lord, you are who you say you are. And what do you, what do you want me to do? Why is the, the name Lord so important? Because Lord is a person who has authority, control, or power over others. Lord means master, chief, or ruler. And Saul says, so you Jesus, Lord. You are Lord. I, I know, you hear me in here, I know what I've been taught all my life, but you are Lord. I, I know how I persecuted your name. I know how I disrespected you, but you are Lord. Let me ask you something. When you had that moment, did you accept him as Lord? And Saul is saying, Lord, it's very intentional in this moment because not only do you see him accept Jesus, you also see him surrender to Jesus. My God, watch this. Can I just go ahead and let you know this? You can't accept Jesus and not surrender to Jesus. Yeah. You, you can't, let me say it over here because I heard them all over there. You can't accept Jesus and not surrender to Jesus. Surely you ain't going to let this side get you. Put your hands together. That was a good word. You can't, you can't accept Jesus and not surrender to him. Now, this was mind-boggling for me because all my life I have seen people looking like they accepted him with their mouth, but they didn't surrender to him with their actions. How many of us have been guilty in here? You say it, you, you accept him with your mouth. In fact, Jesus even said it. He said, with, the, with their lips they accept me, but their heart is far from me. You... You wonder why I keep looking at you is because you got a work to do. You got a work to do. And the Lord told me, I'm going to keep on letting you look at him until you tell him you got a work to do. Quit running. Do what you do. Do what you're called to do. And you know what that is. And if you don't, there's somebody in your life that can tell you what that is to do. Do that work. Let me tell you something. You can't. I have seen. Jesus said, Jesus said, with your lips, you worship me. But your heart is far from me. Ghetto theologian, may he rest in peace, by the name of M.C. Breed, said, ain't no future in your fronting. Some of y'all trying to act like y'all too saved to remember M.C. Breed. Shame on you. <laughs> you have to surrender. To what? To who? To him. To what? His way. To what? His word. And when you surrender to his word, you surrender to his way. Can I just go ahead and tell you this in closing? The greatest way that we, that we will know that you have surrendered to his word is you will not be the same. The greatest, the greatest fruit that is shown by surrendering to his word is your lifestyle change. 
It's your, it, it, and, and I want you to understand, uh, faith without works is dead. You get where I'm coming from. So you can say all you want to say, but if you, if this, if he changed everybody else, but then he got to you and got, and began to have problems. He, he changed the lifestyles of everyone else, but then he got to you, and then all of a sudden his, his changed people batteries ran low. If you, if you say that you are saved, but you'll be real about this, and I want you to catch this, and I want you to really think about this because, because the Bible says where two or more are gathered in his name, that he is in the midst. So we know he's here. And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this because what we have been guilty of, the church has been guilty of for so many years is we sit in church and we lie to ourselves. And the reason that we walk out the same way that we came in is because we won't tell the truth about where we really are. And since you won't tell the truth about where you really are, you won't do nothing about where you really are. But if you'll tell the truth, it forces you to do something about your condition. If after days I'm coughing, sniffling, and, and spitting up, I've got to admit I'm sick. And once I admit I'm sick, then and only then will I go look for medicine. I got a question for you. And, and, and I usually say, I would usually say something about this question right here. I would usually say, just don't even, t- no, 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 I want you to be real about this. How many of you in here today, just tell the truth and shame the devil, because see, I want you to understand that the, 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 the problem is not where you find yourself. The problem is where you refuse to do something about where you find yourself. You don't got to be ashamed about where you are. We've all been there. How many of you in the building today, if you were just being 100 about this thing, just being as real as you could be, would say... I accept him with my mouth, but, but for real, I, my heart is probably far from him. And I say probably because some of you are probably trying to figure out, I, I don't really know. Can you make it a little more plain, Pastor? Okay, I, I accept him with my mouth, but I'll still cuss you out. I'll still cuss you out if he gets silly. If it's silly enough, I'll still cuss you out. I, I accept you with... I accept you with my mouth, but if it's thick and it's pretty and she don't know me and none of my wife's friends, might be one time, I, I accept you with my mouth and I'm married and he's a good man, but he sure is fine. It sure is fine. You see how cold this world has become? And Jesus knew that this world was going to get this way. That's why he said, if you think it, it's as if you've done it. Because he wanted to put his followers, his believers on notice. Get it up out your head. And when it jumps in your head, when, when if Satan, if Satan uh, 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 you know, gets you to the point where you done thought about something, you shouldn't instantly rebuke that thought and seek repentance. He knew how crazy it was going to be. How many of you say, I, I, I love God, but I still smoke weed? I love God, but, yeah, you know, I have a drink or two. I have a drink or two. Yeah, we're going to deal with that on the Bible study, too, because we need to clear that up. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love God. I, you ain't going to tell me I don't love God. Yes, I am. And in fact, I didn't. Jesus did. I, I love God, but, but I still do a whole lot of things I know I shouldn't do. I know I do. I was with my sister. She, she, she doesn't mind me sharing this over the weekend, over the last week. And, and she's so, oh my gosh, she is killing the game for Christ. She is in it. You hear me? I'm so proud of her. And there was something that, that she said, you know, this is something that, that I still do and I really don't feel no conviction behind it and, you know, and, I, and I'm cool with it. And, and, then, and, then, and then she called me yesterday. I was getting off work and she called me. She said, I had to talk with Jesus and, and I, don't, I don't do that no more. That's over with. See, 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 that when conviction begins to hit you, you need to stop ignoring conviction. Some of you getting dressed know you dead wrong. Some talking to you. You can't even enjoy yourself in the wrong like you used to. Remember when you could just do the wrong, feel great about it, come on home, pray, pray repent, start over Monday. Come make sure you get to church. I got, I got, I got, I got to be at the altar call because I got to repent. Like you had a charge card that was made just for sin. How many of us are guilty in here today that we, we claim him, but we don't keep him? Now, here's what blows my mind. In the streets, we pride ourselves on being real. You know, I'm real. I don't, I, you ain't even got to be from the streets. And you hear people say, you know, I don't play games. I'm for real. I don't, you know, if, you know I, ain't, I ain't wishy-washy. I ain't one way, uh, you know, one day and then one. Yes, you are. If you claim Christ, but you live contrary to Christ, get this, in any way, you are a hypocrite. One time, it's a mistake. Three times, it's a habit. Three times, it's what you do. Why are you saying this? Why are you saying this, Pastor? Because I don't want you to play yourself. I don't want you to play yourself. I don't want you going for that foolishness that leads you to believe that you can live, you know, at least the Lord know my heart. Don't that make you scared? The Lord knowing your heart, don't that scare you? You don't even know your heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9 said, 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 the heart above all things is desperately wicked. Who can know it? He said, it is deceitful and desperately wicked. Then he asked a question. He said, who can know it? And then God comes back and says, I, the Lord. You don't even miss why sometimes you've done some things and then you, you walk away from what you've done and you say stuff like, I don't believe I did that. Your heart deceived you. Your heart deceived you. You knew too much. He know my heart. You better figure out your heart. Listen, the Holy Ghost was dealing with me on the highway here today. He told me to do this. He said, listen, if you've been walking in unrighteousness and you know it, I don't care what title you hold. I don't care who's sitting next to you. If you've been walking in unrighteousness and you know it, and today is the day that you desire to stop playing games with God, come on down. And don't come to me. The altar is open. Women, we've got coverings for you. The altar is open. If you know that with your lips you're worshiping, but your heart is far from him, you want to walk out of church not being the same way that you came in? Be real about this moment. If your lips worship him, but your heart don't, we welcome you to the altar. And the reason why I tell you to go to the altar is because I ain't got nothing for you. I'm just a man. 
There is nothing within these hands that's going to make you do what you're supposed to do and walk the way you're supposed to walk. But just a little talk with Jesus. It'll help you get right. It'll help you get right. So, so the, altar, the altar is open. He says, I'm closed. But the altar is open. If today is the day, how am I? And I know how it's supposed to look in here because he would not give me the assignment if there wasn't supposed to be an, a result to the assignment. And some of you are battling right now. Lord, I ain't been on the altar in years. This ain't even my church. Maybe that's why you're here today, so that you don't have to be worried about what, where you go to church, what they're going to say about you if they saw you get on, because you know how we do, amen? You know how we do. Oh, you need prayer? Oh, I wonder what they done done. What they done done now. I, you see him going down there for prayer? You see him? I told you. I told you. If today is the day that you've decided, I'm through playing with God, and I'm through playing games with God, and I'm through allowing Satan to have his way in my life simply because I don't do what I say. Because I have not allowed him to be my Lord because I have not surrendered. Today, I want you to be, I want you to be intentional. I want you to be intentional today. Intentional. I, I am intentionally getting up here and going down there and getting right with the Lord. And I'm being intentional because I want the enemy to know it stops today. But what if I, I hear you, I hear you, Holy Ghost. He says, some of y'all are saying, but, but what, if it, what if I ain't that strong? God says, let me tell you something. Hey, I hear you. That's that old saying, you take the first step, I take two. God said, you take the step, I give you what you need. God said, you, you, you trust me and I'll bless you with what you, I know you failed time and time and time again. And, and, and for real, for real, you don't even want to go before God anymore because you figure God's just like, oh, here he comes. No, 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 no. God says, come on down here. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you what you need. I have a grace that gives you the strength to defeat what you've not been able to defeat before. Don't be afraid today. God ain't looking for you to change years overnight. He's just looking for you to have the desire to change. Oh, God. He's looking for you to have the desire to change. I, I don't got a prayer for you. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a hand to lay on you. I don't have any of that today because, because God said, tell you, today it's about you and him. There ain't no middleman in this. He said, come get that thing right with me. I have, I, 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 have, I have love for you. I have a desire for you. And I will that no man should perish. The altar is open. If today is the day that you want to reinvest, rededicate your life. I was going to say reinvest. That's a good word, ain't it? And we run around here investing things. You better, re, you better invest yourself in the kingdom, into kingdom works. Amen. If today is the day that you want to rededicate your life to Christ, hit the altar. The Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. You know what I'm about to say next. That means ain't no, ain't no shame in falling, but the shame is that when you decide to stay down, if today is the day that you want to rededicate your life to Christ, the altar is open. It's between you and God today. Listen, ha, I hear you. He said, he said to tell somebody, I don't know who I'm talking to. 
He said, but just because you're sitting there doing it in the chair, he said, that's disobedience. I don't accept that. Oh, Lord, have mercy. He says, he says, he says I, I said obedience is better than sacrifice. So if you want this thing to be different for real, you better come down to this altar because I'm not coming up there just because you're sitting there saying, I'm going to just do it from here. He says, no, no. The fact that you get up lets me know how serious you are about what we're doing. Sometimes you got to come out of, out of your comfort zone. You understand what I'm saying to you? Sometimes you got to come out of the comfortness of, of just sitting back and chilling and don't nobody know you're making a change and don't nobody know you're making a difference. And that's why don't nobody know that you made a change. And don't nobody know that you're trying to make a difference because you understand what I'm saying to you. The strength that was there, the, everything that you were supposed to get in that moment, you didn't get. Hold on, what happened? I did the prayer. Hold on, I, I, I gave my life to God. I rededicated my life. What happened? What happened was you didn't do as the Lord, not Pastor Lyons, but you didn't do as the Lord said do. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let's get some coverings down here. Let's get out of my... Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Now listen, there's a word for somebody in here. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I do. I know who it is. <laughs> and the Lord says, look here, man. Hey. Hey. Oh, God. The Lord said, you tired of walking around? Knowing there's more for your life, knowing that you're not complete, knowing that you're not giving the best of you. He says, you tired of that? You tired of that, man? Then you need to come on down here and get with me. You need to come on down here and repent. And you need to come on down here and tell me you're sorry. You need to come on down here and tell me that you want me and that you accept me as your Lord and Savior. You need to tell me that. Because, see, the way that you've been operating, I know what you say. I know what you say to everybody else. But, but it's funny. I don't, I don't hear from you till you were in church. I don't hear from you till you in church around the altar call time. Hey, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Hey, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 it's been just what you thought. It's been him. It's been working out the way that it's been working out because he says, I have been calling you. You, and I've been calling you for years, and you know it. Lord, have mercy. Hey. I dare you to trust God today. I dare you to tell the enemy, be gone. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to change this thing up. It's over with. You had me, but no more. And from this day forward, I'm going to serve him for real. The altar is open. Just a little talk with Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name. Father, we bless your name today.